Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest today is Bill Collage, a prominent screenwriter for Hollywood who uh, has lived in Sag Harbor for uh, many, many years and who uh, writes these wonderful films that I, I happen to uh, uh, have seen the preview to accept it, which I really liked. It was very sort of dated from that era, like, you know, sort of real science, that, that kind of thing. But it has a, a wonderful comedy quality to it. How did you come into decide to become a screenwriter? Were you doing anything else before that? Or where did, uh, you, where did you, where were you raised? Yeah, yeah no, I, I grew up uh, on a place out of Erie, Pennsylvania, and, and then Pittsburgh, and went to the University of Michigan. And when I came to New York, originally I lived in the city and never really, um, never really clicked with the city. There wasn't enough space. But so I was one of those guys sitting around in a really small apartment in the early 90s, uh, trying to figure out how to sell movies, you know. I got a break in 95, writing a touch of the movie called Ransom. Ron Howard gave me a break. And at that point, I, I partnered up with somebody uh, whose name is Adam Cooper, and we he went to Los Angeles to write, and I ended up going to Sag Harbor to write. And we really began kind of a bi-coastal uh, writing partnership until 2018. So it was, um, it was primarily just a, a life choice to, to kind of move out here and do something. I was lucky enough that I could work in a profession where I could work from home because I, I like working from home out here. It's really nice. Ironically though, Dan, right now I'm, I'm, I'm zooming from the top of the Sag Harbor cinema, which I know you've been oh. to. My office yeah. is here now on top of it. So I'm a guy who writes movies on top of a movie theater, which has been a nice change too. That makes perfect sense also. Yeah. Uh, just let it filter into the screen below. Yeah, and I get to wander down I get to wander down and see free screenings from time to time. So it's kind of nice. What do you like about Sag Harbor that um, decided that you wanted to be out here rather than uh, back in New York or out in, out west? Did you spend any time out west? Yeah, I never lived out there. Um, I, I back when people flew a lot for work, I would I would uh, I would fly out there several times a year and go to meetings or or whatever. Um, maybe there was a project that was being shot there or something, but I never lived there. I liked Sag Harbor always because it reminded me a little of outside of Erie, Pennsylvania. There was farmlands, there was the lake, you know, there was water and, and kind of farm areas. And I, it was just, you know, it's a small town. It's a quintessential small town. It's one street. Sometimes when I tell people there's like 1,400 people that live here, they don't, they don't even believe it, you know. But it's, it seemed manageable for my brain. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've been prone to things like anxiety for my whole life. And uh, this just seemed like a really, for the most part, until summer comes, calm, calm place. Summer is a little different, I guess, right? What made you, uh, what gave you the idea that you would like to write screenplays when you were growing up? 
I, I fell in love with the movies early, really early by going to the movie theaters with my mom and dad. And an early important movie to me was Star Wars, which is not the most original answer, but it happened to a lot of us, I think. I did and, too. Yeah, and like that, and this, this, this early Steven Spielberg stuff from Jaws right through the 80s catalog, just, just lit a fire in me. And I, you know, I, from time to time, I would use cameras or, or kind of fool around with the technical aspect of things. Obviously never was interested in acting or anything like that. I don't have any skills, but I always enjoyed and had the patience, I guess, for sitting in front of the computer and, and just kind of working on stories. And, uh, you know, it, it, I'm like when you graduate college and stuff, like there's no, there's no job posting at the, at the, you know, at the job center. It's like, Hey, come be a screenwriter, you know? Um, so it, took little, it took a little time to get into it, but I stuck with it and it worked out. Um, are you, what are you working on right now? Uh, that was something you mentioned at the start of this uh, interview. Yeah. I just We just finished shooting a movie called Emancipation, which is Will Smith. It's his next movie, and it's uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua, who did Training Day and The Magnificent Seven. And it's a uh, mostly true story uh, set in the Civil War time about an enslaved man named Peter. He's a very, very famous photograph of him, the, the gentleman with like all the scars on his back. Uh, it was the very first viral photo. And um, someone had brought the picture to my attention. And if you, if you Google it, it's on Wikipedia as Gordon Slave. And despite the fact that this guy's name was Peter and there's evidence that shows where he was and that was his name, kind of infuriated me that, that it's, he's listed wrong, you know, on Wikipedia. Yeah. And, and so I ended up kind of um, working for a long time to, to write that movie. And it ended up, I, I got to Will and Antoine and they teamed up and we've been down in New, uh, New Orleans outside of Louisiana and outside of New Orleans, Louisiana to shoot the movie all year. We were there really from the beginning of June and just finished in December because of COVID and the hurricane. We kept getting shut down. I think I've seen uh, uh, commercials for it or short part, parts to it. Uh, not yet, probably. I mean, we just finished, we just finished. Will... You know, he has King Richard out right now, which he just got the Golden Globe for the other night. But I, I think, you know, within with, at some point this year, you'll you'll be seeing some some pretty interesting stuff. It's, it's a movie unlike a lot of other movies. It's a, it's a pretty intense piece. What are some of the other movies that people might be aware of that you use uh, screen wrote? I guess the biggest one of the biggest was Exodus, uh, which Ridley Scott directed. Christian Bale was in that. Also, this other movie I did with Michael Fassbender called uh, Assassin's Creed. And then Tower Heist was kind of a big one. That was uh, Ben Stiller and Eddie Murray, uh, Murphy. And then, you know, Accepted back in the day. There was a, a period of time when Adam Cooper and I were writing kind of like comedies. We did some work on Get Smart with Carell. We did uh, Accepted. We did an Olsen twin movie, if you can believe it. But then we shifted in 2008 and did serious stuff. And, and really got to do some neat stuff too. Like, um, you know, one of those, you know, the movies called The Transporter where the guy drives the car. We did got to do one of those movies and, yeah. and work with like Luke Besson and, and we've worked with Martin Scorsese. It's, it was really been a fun, a fun ride over the years. What do you like about here in Sag Harbor? How do you spend your day? Do you write every day in the morning or, and then go about your day? Or that's what I used to do. Totally. I, I, I frame it by taking my, 
now my little kid to school, my, my oldest kid went K through 12 here and he's now in college, but, you know, beginning the day with a little family time, school drop off. And then I'd come to the office here at cinema now and work. I, I used to work from home and, and then, you know, school pickup kind of gives you a nice break in the action, you know, around two 30 or three o'clock. And then a lot of times phone calls start, you know, the, the, the problem with living on the East coast, when you work with Los Angeles based people is, they tend to start to call you around four and five o'clock, you know, so <laughs> that, that begins a new phrase of my day. Yeah. And then you have to be with it until nine at night. Or so. Right. I, you mentioned it before we started that you had um, met Scoop Wasserstein, who's a stepson of mine. Yeah. Uh, was also entered now and he's much younger than you into producing movies. That's right. We, we were we were set up on a on a, a general Zoom with each other um, through some people we knew in common, and it was um, pretty far into the conversation that we had to connected the dots about, about you. So that was that was really fun to to have that small world. He's he has a house here and he has a house out in L.A. So he moves back and forth. He's going to be here for the next few months, which is kind of nice. You should come by. You should come by the cinema with him because you guys would both really love it here. I know you've been here a bunch. I didn't. I didn't know there were offices to rent in the cinema, or do they just you just this, go? There's not really. I mean, the 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 top right next to the bar, the the top office here was supposed to be the VR room, virtual reality room, and you know, COVID prevented us from opening for over a year, so the room sat dormant. And I figured I'm on the I'm on the executive board, and I figured why don't I just rent it and give the cinema some sort of income? So I, I became kind of like a almost like a writer in residence because who knows when the, when the VR room is going to be functional again? I mean, we're having enough trouble like running the movie theater, let alone. Uh, and all during, that time, all during that time, there's no movie at downstairs. Yeah, there was. It was a long time when there was no movies. We finally opened the doors in Memorial Day. And it's been a combination of some weeks struggling and then some weeks really finding our footing and and hitting a home run with this place. It's amazing. You know, no one knew if people were going to go to the movies again. And our audiences for a lot of this have come back pretty, pretty heavily, which is amazing. Well, it's also the new air circulation system. I think people trust it. I know I did. We, we went there for a film and the popcorn is from uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel donated the popcorn stand. Yes, it's the coolest done. thing ever. Playing the park every day, making that popcorn. But what's amazing about the cinema is when people walk in, it's the first thing people see on the right, the wall of donors. It goes from, you know, obviously Steven Spielberg and Scott Stuber, the folks at Netflix, Billy, a lot of super high net worth people who donated a lot of money. But it goes all the way down to literally kids in the, in the local community who did big sales. <laughs> And you know, provided things in kind, and it's it's it's. I like to say it's like the only thing in the Hamptons that everybody agrees upon. It's like this building doesn't. Nobody hates it. <laughs> it's like the one place nobody hates. How do you like the new park, the uh, Steinbeck Park? I, I I like it. it you, I can't show you, but out out my office, there's a deck, and it then looks over Steinbeck Park out towards the water, and I, I think it's. Um, it's nice. It's it's a nice gateway to the the town. What's your what's your opinion? Oh, I love it. I in fact uh, I, I was around when it was kind of discovered. Those parcels in there had been owned by a guy named Harry Diner, who founded the New York Golf Club. He was oh. a, 
prominent uh, dentist, actually, in New York. And he was partners with these little patches of land with different people. So they tried to assemble this, this parcel to do something of any kind. This was even long before there was any thought of it becoming a park. They had to deal with so many different voices, they never could get it straight. As There's a lot of that, and the naming of it and all, and the design of it. I mean, it seems it, the same thing seems to be going on now with some other cultural institutions around town. I mean, it's 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 not the easiest thing to just throw up a building in Sag Harbor, is it? You know? No, but uh, there was that pro- that property for that long period of time was just woods and, and uh, thicket, and I sometimes went in there just to see what was there. Then one day, uh, that someone said, "Do you ever go under the bridge and around that way?" Right. And I said, "Wow, that is amazing!" And then they put it all together and look at it now; it's beautiful. Yeah, just, it's cool. I, I think I just uh, I wonder what you thought about this. I think the uh, Bay Street kind of got it in their heads that they were, were just gonna. They were so enthusiastic about putting a building there down there by the post office that would back up on the park. But they went ahead really without notifying the town of what they were wanting to do. And they had it pretty far down the road, including an architectural design before somebody said, hey, wait a minute, isn't that sort of public land that they ought to be involving the town, the village trustees? And so it all came together, but still in process. Yeah, I'm excited for that to get done. You know, I, I think Bay Street has been one of the the 25 years I've lived here, one of the more important uh, things in Sag Harbor. I mean, it, it for many years was like the economic engine of the town in a lot of ways, uh, bringing in, I think they hold, what they hold, like 250-ish people. Yeah. And, you know, those people then walked around, spent money, went to dinner. And yeah. I think whatever whatever the politics of that are, the community outreach, I mean, I, I definitely think it should stay and I, I can't wait for it to get done because it's been kind of a couple of years that they've had to do kind of this remote stuff with COVID and alternative stages and you know having a permanent home again in Sag Harbor would be would be great for the for the town anyway. It will be and it opened the eyes of the town to the need for a waterfront front plan from one end of it to the other, which is even better. So it's just a remarkable little town. Uh, it's yeah. almost impossible to walk down Main Street without four or five people. Uh, saying hello to you because you know you, well, everybody knows you first of all that how do you walk anywhere i mean it's <laughs> probably true everybody knows you are you working on anything else that now that this this particular project emancipation is finished up yeah i i've been working on something i'm really excited about with a director named mark forster who's done a lot of great movies it's the greenpeace movie the origins of greenpeace which is kind of this enormous topic in the, the book on written by Rex Weiler is about that thick. But yeah. um, the way we're going to do the movie is really just their very first whaling mission where, you know, this very, very eclectic of long haired, you know, guys in their 20s uh, literally rented a boat and sailed right. into the Pacific Ocean, not knowing where they're going in order to confront the Soviet whaling fleet and put themselves in Zodiacs between the harpoon guns and the whales. So as much as it's an action adventure thriller on the high seas, there's also like a little bit of an element of like a movie, like almost famous or a little bit of like, you know, yeah. comedy in quotation marks because the, the audacity 
capacity of these guys in 1975 to do this was great. You know, it's just crazy. So it's a really cool movie. And um, I'm really here for it to hopefully shoot at the end of this year. Script, the script is done. I just actually finished it right before Christmas. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, what, do you, what do you like best to do in the afternoons in say Harvard? Do you have any particular places you like to go? I, I it's truly have gotten into the rhythm here where um, once the movies here start at three o'clock. So if there's something I haven't seen, I usually watch it over the course of two days. I'll, I'll poke my head in for the first <laughs> minutes and then I'll go back the next day, like at four o'clock and watch the second half of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a great way to take a break and, and get my homework done at the same time. Kind of. What did you do for the five years that the uh, theater was closed? I know there's a lot of time at the American hotel, Dan. Yeah. Well, especially for a guy who loves the movies, you know, there was a, <laughs> no, but it, you know, we're really lucky that in Sag Harbor, I think more so than some of the other towns, at least for me, Somewhere around five or six o'clock, if you pop into one of the little restaurants or, or places to go here, you always see someone you know. So, you know, in the afternoons you could work and then, you know, there's a 95% chance if you poke into one of the places that's open, you can have a conversation with someone who's your friend. So that's that's always been a super thing about this town to me. You don't have to go searching high and low for for your friends. Why they call it the Unhamptons. Yeah. Well, at least it used to be. Now it's getting pretty fancy. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show. I'm talking to Bill Collage, who a screenwriter for many, many years in Hollywood who lives here. Oh, and thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Dan. Good to see you. And I'll see you over here. Oh, you will. Bye. Okay. Bye, guys. With the artist writers game sometime. I got to get back to it. Yes, you do. Oh. Bye. Okay, see you guys.